Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. What is up, guys? Welcome back to a solo episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. It is good to be back. This is the first solo one in a while, and I am certain that today's episode is going to be super impactful for absolutely everyone who tunes in. To this episode, um, we can jump straight in. So as you would have seen by the title, today I really want to share my takeaways and my lessons from the seven-day week-long advanced meditation retreat that I did with Dr. Joe Dispenza. Um, if you haven't checked out any of Joe's work before, I would highly recommend it. I'm not going to spend too much time in this episode diving into everything about Joe because I more so wanted to share my experiences and my takeaways from the week. Um, Joe is an, an incredible human who is impacting so many people's lives and if you haven't heard it already i would highly recommend listening to the episode i did with um dr hamal patel um and he's the researcher that works with dr joe but basically dr joe is uh he's, he was a chiropractor um he went through a, an experience himself where he broke his back i believe um and he started using the power of the mind so he started meditating and trying to change his frequency through being able to pull the mind out of the body, become super coherent with his own frequency um, and to improve his life. So he chose not to do surgery on his back. He spent eight, like hours and hours and hours trying to sit with his own thoughts and trying to change his own physical and mental outcome through the power of the thought through meditation. Um, that's a very long story cut short and I haven't explained it super well. But quick rundown on basically the work that Joe does in terms of the meditation. So I'll dive in in a second in terms of what we did throughout the week um, and the details around the week-long meditation because um, meditation retreat, sorry, because it was um, it was exhausting. It was, it was super uncomfortable for me, um, but it was an amazing experience. So throughout the meditations, there's a number of different styles that Joe uses, but as a summary, you are spending a period of time where you are trying to lose track of space and time and pull the mind out of the body, become one with consciousness and source um, and trying to get your frequency as coherent as possible, right? And that's a very quick summary. Um, as I said, if you want to learn more about Dr. Joe, I'd highly recommend listening to some interviews with Joe or checking out his work. Um, it's amazing, but we'll cut to the chase. So I had... Been, I've been meditating since 2017. So in 2017, I uh, decided I hadn't done any meditation up until that point. And I will just say as well, like if you've met me before, you would understand that I'm not the type of person that sits still very long. Uh, my mind is always racing and I never thought that I would be the type of person who could meditate. So I set the goal in 2017, as I typically do with most things that I put my kind of hand to, I... I go all in. So I decided 2017, I'm going to meditate every single day for the year. Um, now, I think I missed maybe one or two days, but I did every single day that year. I was keeping a journal, uh, making sure I was tracking every day. But I was meditating for literally like between three to 10 minutes. Some days I would do three minutes and feel like an absolute fucking champion because I ticked it off, right? But I wasn't really getting significant benefits out of the meditation now don't get me wrong it was amazing to be able to focus on the breath become more present and i did see a lot of benefits from it but i wasn't diving in enough i wasn't going all in and i wasn't seeing the outcomes um and the 
the possibilities that I should have been if I had have went all in with it. So as the years have progressed, I've dove deeper on the personal development and self-improvement journey, as you guys know. And in time, practicing, you know, breath work and doing long breath work sessions, starting to build up my meditations and really falling in love with the process and the feeling that I would get from meditating and the ability to change my state of being and my consciousness and my awareness. I was consistently meditating for around 20 minutes. And then I did Dr. Joe's uh, progressive workshop, which is an online course. And that was when I first started trying meditations for say 45 to all the way up to 60 minutes. But I still wasn't doing them consistently because I would always come up with some fucking excuse as to why I couldn't sit there long enough to do it. Whether it was having to get up even earlier than what I do or whether it was because I had other stuff to do, I would always make an excuse. So consistently meditating, as I came closer to the week-long retreat, I started doing 45 minutes every single morning. So I was getting up around 4 a.m., even earlier some days to get it done before work. And it felt awesome. I was starting to get in a really good groove. So coming into the week-long retreat, I was like, fuck yeah, I'm ready to go. Um, it's not going to be a shock to the system. I'm going to get a lot out of it. And to be honest, coming into the week, it was up in um, Maroochydore and on the Sunshine Coast. I thought I'm going to have a great week of being able to you know, lock in with my training, eat really well, get as much sleep as I can, go to the meditation retreat, feel really good and come away from the week feeling nice and refreshed. So day one, we get there and... Uh, there was no rundown sheet. So we didn't know what the fuck we were doing like each day, right? But day one started at 6 a.m., um, which is no shock to the system for me because I'm up earlier than that anyway. But I was surprised that we were starting so early in the day because I didn't, I thought it'd kind of be like maybe five, six hours a day at this um, retreat and then kind of go and do your own thing. But 6 a.m., we started with a meditation and that meditation alone went for around two hours. Okay, so instantly I'm like, fuck, this is a shock to the system. Now, by the end of that day, we'd meditated for six hours. So on average, each day we were meditating three times a day and for around six hours. So to give you an idea of the summary for the week, right, and we were doing different types of meditations. A lot of them were seated. Now, I spend most of my time standing up at work, um, obviously in the gym doing all this type of shit. I don't sit down that much. Now, I quickly figured out that I really need to work on my posture because sitting in a fucking chair upright for that long, we were getting there at 6 a.m. and going home at 7.30, 8 p.m., right? So the idea of training, getting good sleep, all that type of shit just went straight out the window because it was a massive shock to the system and it was super uncomfortable for me. I found it very almost frustrating the first day or two because I, and this is a lesson we'll touch on soon, but I came into it with expectations of what it was going to be like um, and how I would feel. And I, I kind of, that's what, that was my downfall. I had too much expectation and it fucked with me a bit. But anyway, day one, we meditated three times. As I said, majority of the meditations for the week were seated. Um, there was one meditation we did laying down, which is one the one that I responded to best because I found it really difficult to sit upright uh, and actually get into a meditative state for the first few days um, in the meditations. Uh, we also did a number of walking meditations, which were insane so there was a thousand people at this event. So I put a video up on social media, if you haven't seen it already, of the walking meditation, right? And there's a thousand people on the beach. Like the energy was insane. Um, that was a, we did a few first thing in the morning. So it was a beautiful way to start the day. Uh, and, you know, for someone that wasn't at the retreat, it would have looked fucking mental. It would have looked like a cult, I reckon. Um, 
it would have it would actually be scary to see because it was just on a public beach, a thousand people, and you know you're going between standing with your eyes closed, meditating, to then walking almost in like a trance state where you're not acknowledging anyone other than your own thoughts and trying to stay in that meditative state. So it would look pretty fucking hectic, I reckon. But anyway, so over the so we had seven days, but the first kind of day um, was just a half day where we were kind of sitting through a few presentations and stuff. So each day we would do three meditations and in between we would have like lectures and presentations, which was awesome to have the visual and audible or audio, whatever word it is, um, evidence, I guess you could say, to back up what we were implementing in the sessions. Um, But across the six full days, we meditated for a total of just over 36 hours. So that's fucking crazy. And... Obviously, as I said before, I thought I was coming into a prepared, but I wasn't. And I think that was part of the intention is to really put everyone in an uncomfortable state and and teach us to be able to sit through the discomfort and push past the resistance and see what comes out on the other side. Um, so I think, you know, one of the things that Joe mentioned is that meditation is breaking through the barrier um, to the heart and brain coherence, which I really, really fucking enjoyed. Um, and... I've talked about this before, even before I dive into the uh, the lessons that I learned, but what I've really taken away from it is that, as I said, I've mentioned this before, but when we're trying to manifest something, when we're trying to attract something into our lives, as soon as we think about the fact that we don't have it, or as soon as we think about the fact that you know we have to go and get it, we are starting to look at things from like a three-dimensional dimensional reality, right? So there's there's time. So where we are right now, we think of it. So I'm sitting at the podcast studio now. I think of something that I want and I think of it and it's in the future. That means there's a big gap of time between where I am and where the the outcome is. And that's what and I have to think about all the shit I'm going to do to get there. Whereas in the meditation, we're trying to stay, as I said before, as consciousness, as one um, and as present as possible. So we're, we're trying to get to the point where we can experience the emotions and the feelings of having something that we want, whether it's health, relationship, materialistic things right now because then we're sending a message to the universe in our body that we've already experienced it, okay? So it's already on our way to us now because we've been able to experience the outcome before it's been become a reality and that's what I've talked about previously. So as soon as, you know, on the basic level, as soon as we start to think about shit we don't have or we start to think in lack or separation, we're putting ourselves in a state of, of we're not in gratitude anymore, right? Because we're feeling lack. We're feeling like we don't have something yet. And we fixate on that. So then we're sending the message to the universe over and over and over again saying that I don't have this. So you're going to get more of the fact that you don't have it, right? So you're just reaffirming that you are not ready for it yet. So that was something I really took away. And, you know, coming into each one with a met, with an intention and trying to feel that emotion and stuff was, was really cool. Now, the way that works is meditation itself, the word um, refers or the, the meaning of meditation is that is to become familiar with. So in these meditations, we're becoming familiar with the emotion and the feeling of having an outcome that we want. So we're starting to feel it before it's a reality and that's how you attract it a lot quicker. So over the as I said, over six days, sorry, I'm just trying to declutter my brain a bit here and try and, and get all this out in a way that makes sense because there's so much good shit to share with you and um, it was so fucking powerful. But over the six days... Um, meditated for 36 hours 
absolutely hectic. Um, and on one of the days, actually, so I think it was the Friday morning, we started at 4 a.m. and did a four hour, four hours and 37 minutes of meditation in one go. Now, that was super challenging. Um, but afterwards, you know, what I was finding is I was starting to f- get frustrated with myself and that will lead us into this first lesson in a second. But at the end of it, I, I kind of wrote in my journal. I've, I'm just looking at it now. I wrote down that I am proud of myself because often I find when we are trying to achieve something or striving for something, we lose sight of the small wins along the way and and all we're focused on is, again, the things we don't have or the things we haven't done yet, but we, we miss out on all the good shit that we're doing. We, we don't show ourselves enough love yet and, and we'll touch on that again really soon. But over four and a half hours of meditation in one go, which was insane. If you hear some noise, it's just me kind of scrolling through some of these pages here because um, there's just so much to fucking work through, which, which is really, really cool. Um, but anyway. Let's dive into these lessons and I hope that a lot of these um, are able to help you guys. So lesson number one was that growth only comes when you lean into resistance and push harder and longer than what feels comfortable. All right, so there was a note I wrote down here and I want to find it because it um, because it uh, it was really powerful when I wrote it down and it made me start thinking about not just meditation, but everything else, right? So the the thing that I found is that all of the all of the struggles that I was finding in meditation, and that's why I wanted to record this episode. So through meditation, what I found is that anything that pops up, any struggles you have, any resistance, any discomfort, typically carries across to shit within your life as well. All right. So I wrote down in my journal that you want to practice your meditation when it's the hardest. That's when it counts the most. Now, this is very similar to going to the gym, right? On the days you don't feel like training, that's the days that count the most. They're the days that give you the most joy and the most satisfaction and the most growth is when you go in, tick the session off when you don't want to fucking do it and prove to yourself that you are going to follow through with the things that you said you were going to do. All right, so in these meditations, what I found is that there was so, so many things that I was that were popping up for me in the, in the meditations um, and... That leads me on to this second second lesson here is that, or this is kind of part of the first one. Sorry, I'm rambling a little bit here. But after every meditation, particularly in the first day or two, what I was finding is that I was almost judging my performance of the meditation as a win or a loss. So because I came into it with expectation, and this is the same when we talk about our goals or um, our happiness and stuff, if we put too much expectation and we try and force these outcomes, then typically they don't happen. So instead of coming into each meditation just with a clear head and just going with it and seeing what happens and then also acknowledging the fact that even if I didn't have some crazy experience in the meditation, I've just achieved something massive. I've just sat there and meditated for two hours or fucking four and a half hours at one point. But what my mind was instantly going to is the fact that, oh, I I didn't do well in that one or I'm frustrated because I couldn't get into a meditative state because I was uncomfortable or because... You know, I wanted an outcome and I didn't feel it throughout the meditation. I didn't have any crazy physical experience. So I was judging each one as a win or a loss. And I thought about it and I do that a lot in my general general life as well. So whether it's putting out a new program that, that flops, you know, I'm frustrated with myself, but I don't think about the fact that I've just created something that's going to help someone. Now, whether it's this week, next week, uh, six months down the track, two years down the track, I've just done something that's going to help someone and, and eventually it'll all work out 
if it doesn't work out at the time, then there's there's something better coming. So as the week went on, I started to after each meditation, I would journal. You know, I would I would acknowledge the small wins in there. If there was things that I was struggling with, I would just sit with it. I wouldn't judge it. I wouldn't say to myself, you know, this is frustrating or that was a shit meditation. I would just be like, this is part of the journey. You can't expect to go to the gym for the first fucking time and then the next day wake up looking like fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, that doesn't happen. So why do we expect it to happen with other shit? All right, stepping into the personal development space as a mentor lately, I found myself thinking like that. I'm thinking, well, you know, I'm putting out good stuff. I know I can help people. Why am I not getting more traction yet? And then I think to myself, well, fuck, man, it took you years and years to build up your fitness space. It took you years and years to build up the podcast. And you know that. You talk about that all the time. So why are you expecting it to be any different now? Okay, so just understanding that it's part of the journey and each time I sit down and meditate, each time I sit with my own thoughts and once I push past the resistance of wanting to stop because it's uncomfortable, wanting to stop because I feel like I should be doing something else or wanting to stop because it feels like the meditation has gone for a long time. Like I literally just started this podcast 45 seconds after I did an hour meditation and I did feel it in that one. I was starting to think like, you know, fuck. I slipped out of that state of consciousness and I'm like, man, how long has this been going for? How long have I got left? But I needed to sit with that because that's where the real growth happens. And I, I honestly think that, and I've talked about it before in other senses, but when you're willing to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, that's when you make real change and real growth and, and that's where all the great shit happens. So that's the first kind of lesson there. The next one is that your life's outcome is not because of anyone else. It's not because of your childhood. It's not because of an ex-partner that fucked you over or a business partner that it didn't work out with. It's not because of bad luck. It's not because you fucking ran over a cat. I don't know. It's literally up to you to change the outcome of your life because every single time we play in that victim mentality or use the excuses of it being someone else's fault, and you know Peter Crone talked about this on our interview the other week, it's like you're giving your power to someone else. You're literally saying to the universe that I'm – I'm not okay with the, like, you're saying to the universe that I have no power over what my outcome is, which is fucking crazy. So you need to be able to take responsibility for everything that happens in your life. And I, and I honestly mean that a lot of the time we feel that, you know, and on a surface level, it may be someone else's fault when things don't work out your way. But if you can take full responsibility, then that, gets rid of all the resentment towards other people. That gets rid of all the excuses and the feelings of lack. So if I drive my car to the gym now, and I feel like I've used this example before, but if I drive to the gym right now and some Muppet fucking drives their car into mine and it's clearly their fault, I have to take responsibility for that. As angry or as frustrated as you may be at the time, that's my fault. Because I chose to leave home at the, the second that I did. I cho- chose to drive to that specific gym. I chose to drive on that specific road to get there. 
If I hadn't have done that, then that person wouldn't have hit my car. So even though on surface level it's their fault, it's actually mine. So I have to take responsibility for it. And that's when, when you take ownership, that's when you start to really take control of your life. And again, that's where all the good shit happens, guys. It, it just keeps coming back to being able to be completely honest with yourself and get uncomfortable. And that is where the growth will occur. The next lesson was that stress levels will have a significant effect on your body composition, which I've talked about many times before. You know, I remember when I was doing a physique competition uh, back in maybe 2018, I think it was, I spent a couple of months kind of living in LA. And before I went over there, I was thinking to myself, fuck, maybe this is not a good idea because, you know, I'm away from home, whatever it may be. There's fucking, I had all these little excuses and reasons, but what I found was I was eating like, an, I was eating like 3000 calories a day and I was dropping fat fucking quick. Like it got to the point where I almost had to bring calories up again and I was getting so lean. And the reason for it is because I didn't have all the stresses I had when I was at home. I wasn't rushing around to get to sessions all day, every day. I didn't have, you know, most of the time when I was awake, everyone else was asleep. So I didn't have all the distractions and the stress of looking through social media and all this type of shit i was sleeping well every night i was training hard every day i was feeling really happy because i was excited to go to wake up each day and do new things and go and you know get my work done and build on my business and all that type of stuff and it it allowed my cortisol levels to drop and i was i was seeing a significant change in my body purely because i changed one factor and that was removing stress so i can't no pun intended can't stress enough how important keeping your stress levels down is in terms of not only body composition but your headspace. So, I was using my um, my Whoop. You've heard me talk about it before. Um, I was using my Whoop to track my meditations, my energy output, my sleep and stuff. So, firstly, sleep was actually shit for the week because I was getting very minimal sleep because we we're getting home late-ish. I would then you know crank out a bit of work, have some day, wind down a bit, sleep, and then be up at like I was thinking I was getting up at four each morning. Um, and then getting to the the meditations and the retreat and stuff. But with my whoop, I tracked my energy output for the week. So I didn't train once for seven days. I was literally just meditating and fucking sitting in a chair pretty much all day, apart from the days we did a walking meditation, which in total, you're standing and then walking. So it was maybe like 20 minutes of walking, to be honest. I was burning 2,600 calories a day, which is fucking mental. Like more than what I do when I'm at work, standing up and training clients and training myself and stuff, I was burning more. So not only was I able to look at the heart rate variability on the whoop of the meditations, which was really cool to see when I was dropping into full um, heart and brain coherence where my my heart rate was dropping really low. Um, and then, you know, when we're doing the breath work part, seeing the heart rate spike and stuff, it was really cool to track everything through the whoop. Um, and, and this wasn't intended to be a plug, but with the whoop, if you haven't tried it already, please do check it out because in terms of recovery and performance and just the stats and the data you can get and now monitoring stress as well, it's a game changer. Um, and I'll put in the I'll put a link in the show notes actually where you guys, if you want to try whoop out, you can do it for uh, the first month free. Um, so you can just give it a try anyway and, and see how you go. Um, but getting back to the point, um, yeah, I couldn't believe how much energy I was burning just from meditating and yeah it was it was it was a really really mind-blowing thing um in terms of the week i definitely didn't expect it particularly not training but super interesting 
Next lesson was that being in a community of like-minded people or even looking at the people you spend time with most is a game changer. I know I keep saying game changer, but fucking heaps of game changers today, guys. So, you know, over the week we had literally a thousand people, all like-minded people who were completely vulnerable. They were all there for the, the purpose of trying to become a better person and better their own lives, which, you know, in one of the walking meditations, I was just, I just had like a heap of fucking emotion come over me because I'm looking around at everybody there who has chosen to invest in themselves, who has chosen to come here for a week and put themselves in an uncomfortable environment to become a better person and to find more happiness and and joy and to look after their mental and physical health. And it was fucking awesome. But, um, you know, I was with these thousand people, pretty much all strangers, everyone completely vulnerable. Everyone had dropped the ego. So, you know, no one gave a fuck whether – you were someone with a company that's worth over $100 million or you were someone who could only just scrape together the amount of money to make it to the event. Like everyone was equal. Everyone was polite. Um, everyone would smile when you walk past and it was just an amazing feeling and the level of happiness just goes up so much and then the energy in the room and stuff was just mind-blowing. So I think, you know, we talk about it all the time, like you're the product of your environment or, you know, you're the, you're the result of the five people you spend the most time with or whatever. And I honestly really saw that. Um, I already knew it, but just seeing it firsthand, the power of that was just amazing. Um, so I just think, you know, you really should be putting time into looking at where you're spending most of your time and energy and who it's with um, and what environments it, in, it is in. Are you, are you putting yourself in positions where – you're around people who don't have any drive or you know are a bad influence on you or pulling you down or are you putting yourself around people who are on that high frequency that are ambitious, who are working hard, who are respectful and show gratitude, who are smarter than you, which is a really really good one as well, is like you're always putting yourself around people who can bring you up and and level you up is a a really big one. A couple more lessons here, guys, and then we'll wrap this one up because I want to keep it a little bit shorter, but I'm really enjoying talking about this. So, the next one was that it's extremely important to show yourself love more often and be proud of yourself for getting through something tough. Because again, I said this at the start, we don't do it enough. And it sounds a bit fucking cringe and cliche and all that shit, but we just don't. Like, you should be proud of yourself for things that challenge you and that you found difficult to get through. And and even if it wasn't that difficult to get through, if you're doing something daily for yourself, you're investing in yourself, you're putting time into bettering yourself in the gym, you're you know, you're doing something nice for other people or you're you're pointing out your weaknesses, you're pointing out the areas that you need to improve on, you should be proud of yourself. Um, and the more we show ourselves love, the more our, the more we show our, ourselves love, the more we are opening the door and sending the message to the universe that we are ready to receive that from other people as well. Because I see a lot of people who can't even show themselves love, right? They can't even be kind to themselves, yet they're annoyed that everyone else treats them like shit or that they're not getting respect from other people, but they don't even respect themselves. You need to be able to respect yourself and show yourself that that love and gratitude in order to receive that from someone else. Now, on this message, oh, actually, I'll finish with it. I'll finish with it. So last one, last message or last lesson here is that you need to stop trying to force the outcome. Okay, so be willing to let go and surrender. You know, I've talked about this in terms of setting intentions and manifesting. Once you understand and get very clear on what it is that you want and what your intention is, let the universe do the work. You don't need to force it. The more you force it, the less likely it is that it's going to occur and, and the outcome is going to happen. So 
stop forcing situations, whether it's with people, whether it's with work, whether it's with obsessing about an end result and missing all the fun and all the, the synchronicities and the, the lessons and the energetic pathways along the way, um, stop trying to force outcomes. Okay, that If you can surrender more often and understand that everything happens for you and not to you, you'll see a big difference. Now, the last thing I wanted to mention, this wasn't a lesson from um, this. Fuck, speaking of synchronicities, I'm looking at this desktop screensaver I've got here and there's like a mountain and the top of it looks like a fucking sheep's head. Weird. That's very random, but just thought that. Fuck, that's weird. Um, Last thing here is that I had a mentoring call last week with a group of guys. Um, Hang on, just got to go a quick drink. Sorry about that fucking weird noise. But I um, had a mentoring group session with a group of young um, young guys and I was talking about starting to, to notice when we get frustrated, upset, angry, disappointed with certain outcomes in our life. So it could be anything, could be big or small. So when you perceive a situation as negative, if you are able to stop for a second and think to yourself, all right, in the long run, will this actually be a positive? Is this working out in my favor? What are the positives that can come from this? And if you can't think of anything positive at the time, or even if you can, then also think about or even list out if you've got a journal with you, the lessons you can take away from it. Because I think people get bogged down, again, just not taking responsibility about negative outcomes. Like I can tell you now, like some of the most shit things that have ever happened to me that at the time were quite depressing and frustrating have eventuated to be the best things that have ever happened in my life. I can promise you that. So I just started thinking about the other day and I think the more we can look at situations with more with more perspective of in the long run, is this working in my favour? Is there lessons I can take away from this? And then also understanding that, as I said before, everything happens for you, not to you. So there's a reason for everything. Everything happens for a reason. So if it feels negative at the time, maybe it's the universe's way of telling you that there's something better on the way or this is not the right path. And if we can have more perspective on that, I think we're able to stay in a much happier state more often. Um, so give that one a try and, and see how you go. But thanks so much for, st- for sticking around for this episode. If you're still here with me, guys, I appreciate it. I hope you've taken some stuff away from this. I feel like this is going to be a really impactful episode and I've really enjoyed recording it. So if you do enjoy it, I'd love for you to share it with a friend. Um, if you're not subscribed to the Fitness and Lifestyle podcast already, do me a big favor and hit the subscribe button. Um, leave a five-star rating if you feel like it is worthy of a five-star rating. Um, and and leave a review if there's if there's stuff you want to hear about or if there's things you've enjoyed i'd love to hear from you i really do appreciate it i'm investing a lot of time and money and energy into the podcast because i know it's got potential to help a lot of people um so it's always good to hear some feedback but um appreciate you guys thank you so much for listening and i hope you enjoy the rest of your day um as always just keep pushing just keep getting yourself uncomfortable Put yourself in a position to grow and and if this is if you're listening to this right now and you know there's something you've been putting off or there's you know there's something that you can go all in with that you haven't up until this point now's the time thanks guys